like we've got to understand the power of our thoughts and the psychology behind what we're doing with food because it's not about the food it's not actually about the food it's your thoughts about the food welcome back to the unmasked podcast with caitlin i have been through an incredible journey of self-discovery in the past couple of years and along this journey i kept discovering different masks placed on me from society masks i wore to fit in to be accepted and to be what I considered normal. I've started removing these masks and by removing them, I have found my true authentic self underneath it all. I have found confidence, empowerment and inspiration. These are feelings everybody should feel. So I'm on a mission to help others remove their masks as well, to find their truth. In these podcast episodes, I shine a light on topics that aren't talked about openly. I share my insecurities, vulnerabilities, failures and learnings in hope that if you are going through something similar, you know that you are not alone. These episodes are kept real, raw and unscripted because I believe there is beauty in that. We shouldn't feel the need to edit our lives and hide who we are. So come with me on this journey to find our true authentic selves, to learn to love the body that we are in, to find confidence to go after our dreams and live the life of our desire. Thanks for joining me. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode on the Unmasked podcast with Caitlin. (laughs) I have got a wonderful guest on for you today. I have been wanting to get Taylor on for a very long time. I think ever since I started my food empowerment journey Um, I wanted to get Taylor on as she is the beautiful coach that has been helping me along to help heal my relationship with food it's been something that I've been wanting to I knew it wasn't right for a long time Um, excuse me because I was overeating a lot I felt like I had no control around certain foods Um, I was binge eating and also, without realising it, I was still had a bit of a dieting mentality when I haven't been dieting for a while. So the work that Taylor does is just amazing. The way that she's explained it for me has been literally life-changing. And I'm so glad to be able to get her on and share her wisdom on um, her food journey. And just to raise some awareness for you, if anybody else is listening and um is relating to a lot of the things that we're talking about to just hear that there's another side and life doesn't have to stay that way. So I am very excited to get Taylor on. Uh, just, yeah, before we get going, a little, little recap with me. I'm literally on the last week of my life before becoming a firefighter. So I'm just enjoying it live. I'm taking it very easy. And on Saturday, I am starting up, which is very, very, very exciting. I'm sort of just hoping this week uh, goes nice and quick because I'm, yeah, just sitting on the edge of my seat. But lots of exciting things ahead. But anyway, let's get into this because it's a very good interview and I'm very excited to share it with you. Hello, 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 and welcome to the podcast, the beautiful Taylor. How are you going? Hello. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I'm so glad you've uh, we've finally had this um, organised this podcast because I think we've uh, since I met you and I started doing work with you. I'm like, I need to do a podcast with you. I just feel like what you were saying was just ringing so true, and I just wanted more people to hear all the wonderful work you're doing and I'm glad we're finally doing this podcast. Oh, I love that. We've been talking about this for a while. So finally we're here. Yeah. <laughs> and what a little journey we've had. Like we've only known each other for, God. Like four months. Four months. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That's unreal. It's, uh, I think we're just, when we met each other, we're just like, yes. <laughs> I was like, I need to know you. I like, you're one of my people and I, yeah, just couldn't wait to get to know you more. Yeah, I love it. And now we get to share with the world what we've sort of been talking about. So to uh, get started, do you want to just tell us a little bit about you and then like sort of what are the what's the work that you're doing at the moment? Yeah, yeah. So um, I've actually worked in healthcare for the last eight years. So I am a paramedic. So I work in emergency health. Um, I 
am a dog mum. I love living by the water. I'm 30 years old. Um, I am currently in a career change or a career shift, I guess, um, as I've done my mind-body eating certification through the Eating for Institute for the Eating Psych- Institute for the Psychology of Eating, if I get that out right. Um, so yeah, currently in the middle of a career transition, but I've absolutely loved my current job as a paramedic, just um, ready for a change, ready to get this message out there, really. Yeah. And so what sort of coaching and everything are you doing at the moment? Like what's your specific title for everyone out there? Yeah. So I am a mind body eating coach um, and I have, I am the founder of the food empowerment accelerator, which is a program of mine you're in at the moment Um, on the background of having a really unhealthy relationship with food and my body um, myself. So that is my why I want everyone to know what I know and how it is possible to have a really cool, empowering and easy relationship with food. Can you sort of give us a little bit of history or background on your relationship with food? Yeah, yeah. So um, I spent 10 years in the yo-yo dieting cycle. So there was no really in-between for me. I was either dieting and losing weight or eating everything and anything and gaining weight. Um, It started when I was around 16, 17 in high schools. That's what I can remember. Um, I got bullied on body image type stuff. So like getting cold sores on my lip or you know, we used to get weight at school and we used to have to be in bathers um, at swimming events and stuff. And I just remember feeling really uncomfortable in my body, whether it was other kids judging other kids' bodies, I just became really insecure in my body. Um, and when I was, I believe I was 17, I remember mum dropping me off at gym. Um, that was my choice. I wanted mum to take me to gym, but I started losing weight and following a diet and I started getting praised and felt accepted and felt like I finally fit in, which is what everyone wants, not at like every stage of life, but when you're a teenager, a female teenager, you just want to be accepted and fit in. Um, so I, yes, it all started for me around 16, 17. And from that age, I just developed this belief that my body size defines my worth. It makes me successful. It's how I get loved and accepted. Um, and it kind of just spun from there where I'll be, res- when I say restrictive, um, and I don't want to trigger anyone in here on mentoring, like mentioning, mentioning calories, but it was a normal diet. I wasn't eating, you know, a very small amount of calories. It was just a standard diet all the time. It was never really, really restrictive. It was just a diet. And it went on for 10 years where I would be dieting and losing weight. And then within months I'd be binge eating and eating all the food and having no control. And the only way I knew how to get back into control again was dieting. Um, so I got worse and worse. Um, yeah, I just felt like there was no in-between for me. It was either dieting or gaining weight and I had no idea what else to do. Um, yeah, that was my – 10 years I said it went on for. Mm. I felt very isolated, ashamed. I didn't think anyone else was doing this. I thought I had no willpower um, and it was very, very isolating. Since I healed my relationship with food, I've had friends say to me since, like they had no idea that is something I struggled with. I think I just hit it really well. Um, yeah, and what – I say now is the sorted behaviours around food is normalised by society. So um, just pushing through hunger or drinking water when we're actually hungry, exercising when we're so freaking tired, like these are disordered behaviours that is normalised in society um, and I didn't realise how unhealthy it was at the time. Mm, there's so much in that, like even when you were just saying how you got praised for weight loss. And it just happens so often, like you haven't seen mates for ages and you haven't, maybe you haven't been purposely losing weight or something. They will comment on your weight. Like you look great. Have you lost weight? Like it is just planting all those seeds, isn't it? That, okay, that's how I get approval. That's how I look better. That's how people like me and stuff. And it just, there's so much underlining, which I love. That's why we're having this conversation because it just brings that awareness to it that, there's a reason why we've got sucked in to those eating behaviors and just thinking that weight loss is the only way and we've got to do it by restricting our food or can't have that balance yeah Yeah. and it's hard to see when you're in that cycle like when I was losing weight because it's a lot of work dieting is a full-time job (laughs) trying not to binge is a full-time job so when you're in that situation you want the praise you want people to say to you how amazing you look because it's like oh what I'm doing is working I need to keep doing this But then the other side of it is when you're binging, it's like, oh my gosh, people are going to notice. I feel puffy. They're going to notice I've gained weight. Like I would go to work and think if these people notice I'm losing weight, they're going to know I've gained weight. Like what are they going to think of me? 
So it spirals the other way very quickly. Um, but we definitely, when we're in that headspace, we want to be praised for our weight loss, but it's just reinforcing the belief that our body size is the most important thing about us. And it's not, it's definitely not. No, but it's also that, that shame that when we have put on weight that we've let ourselves go and that there's all that negativity around it when sometimes, yeah, putting on weight and everything is a better thing. Like it's more healthy for our bodies, like our, even especially women, like we, they function better with like more fat layers and stuff on them, like for hormones and all that sort of stuff. But like, it's just, it's so shameful to put on weight. And so then when we see it in ourselves, we think everyone else is seeing it as well. And it just sends down a negative spiral and yeah, just got to try, we're just trying to find ways out of it when we're just living our lives and it's okay to be in that body size that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, like we definitely need to mention diet culture and I don't think people realize what diet culture is. It's not just following a diet, but it's the belief we have as a society that smaller bodies are better bodies. And yeah. this is not true. People in smaller bodies are not more superior than you if you're in a larger body. And that's definitely something I've had to work through. Like I did believe for a long time that a smaller me is a better me and yeah. I'm more worthy or accepted um, in society in a smaller body. And unfortunately it's true. There's evidence everywhere. Like we've already mentioned but we see it every day where smaller bodies are more accepted, whether it's in a movie on TV, whether the thin person finds love and the person in the larger body doesn't, whether we have grandparents commenting on our weight and praising our weight loss, it's literally everywhere. Um, and we don't realise, I think, how brainwashed we can become of diet culture's beliefs um, and that stepping away from that and learning that you, there's so much more to you than your body is probably one of the most freeing things you can do. Mm. And with that, I'll just say um, you recommended a book to me back when we were doing our course together. Um, that was, I thought, amazing because she writes in it and debunks all these different um, views and everything we have in society of how bigger bodies are unhealthy or are worse off and everything like that and that we need to be in a smaller body to be healthier. And what's, what's that book, Healthy at Every Size by Linda? Healthy at Every Size, yeah, oh, by Linda Bacon. Linda Bacon. And I just want to say that because I'll put it in the show notes just if anyone's wanted to do more research in after this. That's a very detailed book and just one also to bring awareness. Which is Yeah, so her, that's a movement. Health at Every Size is a movement just showing that actually like what, our, what we weigh does not show what our health status is. And if you really want to know how healthy you are, go for a blood test. Go and get markers done at the doctor's clinic to show you how healthy or unhealthy your body is. And, mm. in fact, people in larger bodies can be healthy and people in really small bodies can be really unhealthy and that you cannot actually know how healthy or unhealthy someone is by looking at their body shape or size. Yeah, yeah. And we just need to remove that. And then, but that all starts with first accepting yourself in whatever size you're in and that you are healthy if you've put on weight and things like that so yeah yeah, yeah it's just the, I think the movement that's coming I hope it's coming in healthcare that our weight does not measure our health and we really need to detach that to have a healthy relationship with our weight and with food and ourselves really yeah and just to like tie all that together so like with so we're talking about like body size and everything and that's how we get this bad relationship with food, isn't it? Because we think that's the main way to control size and everything and that's how it can sort of lead to bad relationships and lots of restricting and stuff and send yeah. us down that path. Yeah, yeah. So, like, for me, for example, I was 16. I was in what a society kid considers a very normal size body and for me, it was not about health at all. Trying to lose weight was never about health. It was about fitting in, being accepted, thinking I am good enough. Um, and then all the years I spent yo-yo dieting was worse on my health. Like when we, our weight fluctuates, like we lose weight and gain weight, that is worse for our health than like eating a piece of chocolate. Like we think that is food is the devil, but what we're doing with food, the weight cycling or the yo-yo dieting, whether it's every summer you shred for summer, like that is so unhealthy for you in the long term. Um, but unfortunately, again, normalized by society, by diet culture. Mm, and it also leads to that good food and bad food doesn't it that like yes the chocolate is deemed bad because if yeah you have that piece of chocolate you're going to put on weight instantly like that's just sort of the mindset we have 
And yeah, yeah. So, so much of the work I do, and as you know as well, it's so much about our thoughts and our stories and the intentions behind we're making decisions. And when we talk about taking the morality out of food, like food being good or bad, we're not saying there's no nutritional difference. And if we talk about an apple and an apple pie, because it's a very well-known um, example to use, we're not saying an apple has the same nutritional content as an apple pie, but we're saying you are not a bad person for eating an apple pie. And you are not a good person for choosing the apple because our bodies hear what we're telling it. If we're walking around saying, I ate bad today, you are telling yourself you're a bad person and you're not a bad person. So that is a purpose behind no longer labeling food as good or bad because it does not dictate if you're a good or a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because it's just praised when you choose a salad or something and it's all that language. Oh, you're being good because you've chosen a salad, but like you may just want to eat the salad or you may just yeah. want to eat the chocolate and that's that's okay too. And it's definitely something that I didn't realise like working with you how many food rules and how many foods that I deemed bad and um, I would feel guilty about for eating and you don't realise sort of what that's doing inside when I'm just having that argument with myself that, that no, I'm being bad this day or I'm being good, like you got yeah. to just get that balance and stuff and that just helped everything. If we're telling ourselves all the time that we are bad people because I've eaten this or I've done this or I missed a workout, like you're not going to feel good in your body. If we think about what makes us feel good, it's the thoughts we have. And if we're having thoughts of I've been bad, that's not going to give you a good feeling in your body. And on top of that, if you're someone who emotionally eats, feeling bad about what you're doing is going to cause more emotional eating. Mm, Yeah, it all just comes down to the language in our head, doesn't it? and how we're presenting ourselves with that with you mentioning uh, emotional eating are you able to give a little brief rundown on what binging binge eating is like the difference between binge eating emotional eating and even overeating yeah yeah so i um i experienced all three of those binge eating is different to overeating binge eating is eating a large amount of food to the point where you feel uncomfortably sick. Like it's an abnormal amount. For me, for example, it would be packets of biscuits, a tub of ice cream and a whole pizza. And it's like this impulse takes over your body and it's like you don't have a choice. You feel like in that moment the only thing you, you can do is eat a large amount of food and you cannot stop until you feel uncomfortably ill. And overeating is eating a food and you feel uncomfortable. It's like, oh, I've just eaten too much. It could be like a pack of biscuits and you're like, wow, I just overate very different to binge eating when it's like you feel like you cannot stop eating and it is an abnormal amount of food. Um, And then emotional eating on top of that, which um, dieters do have a strong correlation with, is using food to cope with uncomfortable emotions. And sometimes binge eating is confused with emotional eating because when we binge eat, it feels so uncomfortable in our body. The binge impulse that I teach and talk about in my program feels so uncomfortable in your body it feels like emotional eating, but it's actually quite different to emotional eating. It's not, we think the emotion we're feeling is what we're eating to numb out, but that is a binge impulse, an impulse to make you eat that amount of food. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. And I think that was for a long time. And I think that helped, like with sort of having chats with you and everything to actually allow myself to realize that I, I was binge eating. I didn't like to use that term. In a way, because of how eating disorders were presented, how I'd seen them in the world, that I thought I had to be in this slim, tiny, tiny body to have a eating disorder, or like, because like, I've I've also made myself sick in the past from eating um, for after these binge episodes and everything because I just I couldn't stop, and it would be like this addiction in a way that I would like finish a packet of chocolate chips and then. It was like I was on a hunt for something else. Like I just had to keep eating. And also for a long time I used it as a bit of a joke. Like I would tell people how much I ate as a way to like sort of impress people or anything just to, I think, yeah, I just wasn't accepting what I was actually going to. And then actually doing this course with you and actually talking about what they are and and why we sort of do it, it just gives like, I don't know, clarity and also just gives me assurance that, you know, what I was doing is sort of normal in a way, like, well, it's sort of, I'm not the only one that's doing it. 
Um, yeah. 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 So I, when I found out other people were binge eating, it was so much weight was lifted off my shoulders because I thought I was the only person in this whole world doing it. I felt so alone. And yeah. because there is so much pressure on us in society to have these perfect bodies, there's so much shame with our habits behind food and binge eating is something you can hide. I hid very well for a long time. And I remember when I started sharing my story about healing my relationship with food and what I was doing with food, people, <laughs> this, I just, it blows my mind. People would say, but you never had a problem with your weight. I think yeah. it just really demonstrates that you don't need to be in a certain body size to have disordered behaviors around food. I know when I was at my smallest, I was very mentally unwell in the fact that I always just had anxiety that I was going to be in. And that doesn't mean I was ever like, you know, obese in my body because I was binge eating. But I was just always scared that the next thing I was going to eat was going to make me binge. People would be like, you have so much willpower. How do you do it? It wasn't It wasn't about the willpower. I was so shit scared I was going to binge if I ate a piece of chocolate. So I had to not have chocolate at all. Mm. And then it's also that same thing that like, yeah, like you were smaller bodied or something. So people were like, how, how did you have a problem? Because, yeah, you were that perfect body size I think it could also go on that other scale of things with people who are a bigger bodied and everything and then feeling that shame that they've got this eating um, problem or something but then not being able to reach out and get help because if they're like binge eating or it's something different like if they're making themselves sick or something and then they're still that bigger size you could see how people get in their head that well, I'm obviously not doing it right or something because I'm not losing weight or something there, like, because the end goal is always to lose that weight. Like, oh, you can just see how it could be so many layers for everybody. Yeah, yeah. to sort of have to. Yeah. And that's, I think, the problem in healthcare, if you're going to the, like, you can't shame people into losing weight. And when people in larger bodies go to the doctors and they're told to get weighed and their problems due to their weight, they're going to avoid seeking healthcare. If they get told every time and they're shamed into you need to go lose weight, that's your problem. People aren't going to seek healthcare, and that is a problem in itself. That is, yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah, hopefully if it's something that is reintroduced, you just got to try and finding a different doctor, like try and find someone that sees it more holistically or something like that. To Yeah, um, or even, like, the question to ask your doctor is if I was in a society's normal-sized body, how would you treat them? Yeah. Like what would you do for a patient in a normal, what you consider a normal size body? Because that is the same treatment that other patient deserves. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's powerful, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. So if All we right. go back to just to touch on, like why I guess I was binging and similar to you, like why we find ourselves binge eating. Um, when, I, when, I'm di- when I was in a deficit and I was dieting, my body was so shit scared food was not going to be available. And I think when I say that, when we talk about being in a primal hunger, people are like, oh, but I'm still eating enough food. Like if you are binge eating, you're probably not eating enough food because your body, we binge eat because our body is like, is food always going to be available? If we are under eating every day with the intention to lose weight, your body is so shit scared that food is not going to be available. And if on top of that, you're telling yourself, um, I'm not going to eat chocolate this week. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to avoid this. Like you're constantly, your body is hearing food is going to be deprived. So yeah. that's why I say again, your thoughts are so powerful because your body's hearing whatever we're telling it. And if you're telling it, food is going to be deprived. The minute it gets a chance to eat a large amount of food, it's going to eat that large amount of food to help you. Like this is a survival yeah. response. This is a normal thing our bodies do to make us survive. We've just been so taught by diet culture that it's a problem and it's something we need rules around to control where that actually exacerbates the whole problem mm, and that's where that whole i'll start monday um you have that mentality like yeah no, i'm going to be good on monday you're telling your body right from monday we are restricting and that's why like you have those big blowouts on sunday night and everything isn't it like sundays yeah. used to be huge for me because i'm like I'm going to be good on Monday and then, but yeah, you could see why I was having those urges because really my body's like, well, no food's coming. Let's, let's go. And and I did, I I went to town. (laughs) Yeah. And you you weren't alone there. This is not, it's got a name. It's called the last supper mentality. And that's what happens when we're telling our body food is not going to be coming. So I'll be good this week, or I'm going to start a diet tomorrow. I can guarantee everyone who has done more than one diet has eaten large amounts of food the night before the diet 
because your body is anticipating deprivation your body thinks food is going to be restricted our bodies don't know fast food is always available our pantry is full of food our bodies don't know that they are receiving the messages we are telling it and that is there will be a food shortage yeah yeah and i even had that similar experience when i first signed up to start the course with you because i didn't know what the course was entailing like food empowerment and things but i think because of all the diets and everything like i have tried every diet like the shakes and the five two and like restricting all those all those different ones but like so i think in my head i'm like right this is another program so like restrictions or something and i remember telling you that like just before i started that weekend before i started i had like a massive and whether i don't know if that was binging or overeating or something but i was just ordered beyond the amount that i should have been ordering well not shouldn't be ordering but that i would need to make me feel full of from uber eats and stuff and i was just kept eating all weekend because i had this fear i think my body was like well we're going to restrict so <laughs> yeah 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 and that's often why like diets are often people have a lot of control monday to friday and on the weekend as soon as like you're in a different setting or you eat something that's off limits or you've got rules around hey are we swearing can we are we swearing here Swear ahead. Yeah. Oh, people will think, fuck it. I've already ruined my diet. I'm just going to keep eating everything and I'll start again Monday, which is just going to keep exacerbating those thoughts. So whenever the thought is I'm going to not have, or I'm going to avoid, or I'm going to restrict, you are going to want a lot of food and specifically those foods you're choosing to restrict. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not their problem. Like you are not broken. If this is something you are doing, I thought I did not have willpower and I was broken for a long time, but it's, I promise you, it is, it is not you. It's the psychology in our body is so incredibly powerful and it's just about what we're telling ourselves. Yeah, it's that, isn't it? Like you, you think that you're being bad, like you, that you've literally got that no willpower because you've stuffed up, like you're telling yourself you're stuffed up because, but it's, you're fighting natural like um, responses in your body, really. Yeah, so we have the natural response, which is so normal for our body. And then diet culture says that's wrong like to be perfect in our society to be successful to be accepted more worthy you need to have this perfect relationship with food and the most perfect body which is so unrealistic and unfair it's no wonder that you know we cause these rules and thoughts around food it just makes so much sense that we end up where we ended up yeah yeah and there's just so many big industries that are profiting off that that are profiting off us staying in that in that web <laughs> yeah yeah like they make they make us insecure tell us they have a pro- they have a solution and the solution's causing the problem yeah and the solution just and then you because if you don't do successfully do their diet then you're the one that's bad but it's the diets that are not working like oh yeah <laughs> i hear you <laughs> yeah um all right so what was the turning point for you that like helped you start to make big changes and even start going down this path of coaching. Yeah. Yep. So I just wanted to stop binge eating. I was like, I just want to stop binge eating and then I'll be able to diet. That was literally my thought process. Yeah. And I, it makes sense. I was thinking that at the time because I didn't realize so many people dieting with binge eating. I thought it was just me. So I was like, if I stop binge eating, I'm going to be able to go back and I'll be a good dieter. I'll be able to diet better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, I hired a coach to help me stop binge eating. Um, and whilst I was on that journey, I realized that I did not know how to listen to my body without relying on something external. So whether that was a clock telling me I could eat or a diet telling me how much to eat, I had no fucking idea how to eat without relying on those things. And it was so time consuming. Once you become aware of how consuming it is, all these rules in your head or what we call the food noise, it's very consuming and it mentally drains you. And if you actually dig really deep, it was affecting my life. Like I would miss social events. I wouldn't go away with friends on holidays because I didn't want to be out of control around the food. And I also was ashamed of what I looked like in bathers. Um, Even when I had a very society's, you know, perfect body, I was still so insecure in my body. And unless you work on those thoughts at any size, they're not going to change in a smaller body. Hmm. Yeah. So once I, we, I I stopped binge eating, um, I started to understand how powerful my thoughts were in my relationship with food and healed my body image. Um, and then, yeah, just the relationship I have with food now, I was like, I want every female to know this is possible. Like I don't want another person to 
go through what I went through for 10 years believing they're not enough and they have no willpower because it's so far from the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And it's freeing. Like I'm still, like I'm still, I've been working with you for a couple of months now and like still definitely have days where I go back um, to old habits and stuff. But like when on days where I'm like, like yeah sort of listening to my body and all that there is there is this space and like there's all this room for like because you're not constantly thinking about food and not constantly thinking about I should have that or then make myself feel guilty or bad for after it and it's just it just creates literally freedom um because you don't realize how much food is on your mind and how much that it's like yeah controlling your day and there is so much power in it, like, yeah, in just having balance and a good relationship with it. Yeah, it just, I think it changes your relationship with life, <laughs> with yeah. everything. My Every area of my life has improved since I've healed my relationship with food. And I think I spent a long time believing I need to improve the other areas of my life and then my relationship with food will be better. But it was, it was the complete opposite. I healed my relationship with food and the rest of my life improved because I had the mental capacity to do that yeah yeah and and it does all just like because there's so many factors that come into it isn't it like like we've talked about that like the food and stuff but it does come down to how you accept your body and how you um see yourself and like telling yourself that i'm not gonna i'll be confident when i lose weight no you can you can be confident now you can have everything that you want in the body size you are and you can have this freedom with food right now as you are and yeah, get to that accepting stage. And, oh, I can see why you're doing that work. Like it just it lights me up to like it just is empowering. I love that. Yeah. I think it's important to acknowledge it is it is harder for people in larger bodies to feel accepted in society because of what we've already been talking about. Yeah. But you can accept yourself. I think the most powerful thing I have done, and I don't have lived experience in a larger body, I need to acknowledge that, and I, I do, but the most powerful thing, powerful thing I have done is accepted myself I've done so much internal work on myself now that my body does not define my worth and I accept myself whatever size I ever find myself in. And now I'm at this place where I can make really nutritious decisions. I can go to gym. I am strengthening my glutes. I would love to tone up my body, but it's from a place of I'm already enough. Like the body I have right now is enough. I'm choosing to do these things because I want to, not because I'm trying to prove myself, I'm trying to be accepted or I'm trying to be loved. And if you know, next week I miss gym for a week. Like I'm okay about that. My The world isn't going to end. Nothing bad happens. Yeah. And it just like getting back, having that trust in your body, isn't it? That like, you know, I can miss the gym for a week and it's it's going to be okay. Or like I can overeat. My body knows how to like process this food because it's just fuel. Like that's a thing that you often said, like it's just fuel. So like we've got to trust that our bodies know what to do with like how we're spending the day and what we're eating and everything and that getting that faith back and letting it just do what it's made to do is um, that's when it all just starts flowing. <laughs> I think a good example to use about how clever our bodies are is if you remember the very first time you ever tried a diet. So say my first diet, I maybe lasted six months before like I, quotation, fell off the bandwagon. Towards the end of the 10 years when I before I started to get help, I reckon I could last about five days on a diet. Mm. And that is because my body then remembered what would happen and the mechanisms to make me binge eat or to make me eat more than my body needed in that moment was so powerful. Like it rem your body remembers what's coming and it is so intelligent to go, we're not doing this again. I'm going to make this twice as hard because I want you to survive. Our bodies are designed to make us survive. They're not against us. They're here to work with us. And it's so incredibly easy once we learn to listen to it again. Like our body wants yeah. us to feel good. Our bodies aren't out to get us. They don't want us to gain all this weight and not accept ourselves like our bodies want to work with us they want to thrive with us we just have to relearn to trust it and to work with it mm. yeah ah oh, it just it's just everything like you just and it does i never even thought of that that when like dieting did just just get harder and harder and harder we just think it's our willpower we just think that we're bad because we can't stick to it but we're literally yeah. fighting <laughs> Yeah, I remember I was just constantly looking for the next diet that this one will work or this yeah. one will be better. Yeah. And they all came with more rules. They just came with more food noise, more obsession, whatever it was. The noise just got louder in my head and the anxiety increased, the shame increased. 
I can tell you I was never, ever confident in my body. Even the smallest body I had, I was never, ever confident. And you know what? I think it's important for me to acknowledge the body I'm in now, I am I am in a smaller body that I have had, that I tried to get from dieting previously. So I've found myself in a smaller body since healing my relationship with food. And the confidence I have in my body now, I have never had previously. Mm. So it's just credit to the work you do internally. That's really the message I want to share. Yeah, it literally shows that it was never about your size. Like I've had that, I've definitely been, I've been in a smaller body than I am now. I've been in a bigger body than I am now. But like when I was in a smaller body closer to that um, ideal, and I say that in quotation marks for people that can't see me, <laughs> ideal body, I was so uncomfortable, like not confident and like was so insecure and everything. And now that I'm literally, I view my body so differently. Like it's literally like the mindset has changed so much. And it just, but my body is, is typically like not as ideal or whatever, but I like, I'm seeing it that way. And there's so much power in just literally how you see yourself and doing that work. And it, take some time and it takes some yeah like a lot of love and accepting and forgiveness but man is it worth it in the end mm. yeah yeah definitely I I think that's yeah body image like it's a perception of how we view ourselves and if you if you are waiting for other people to accept you you've got it very back to front you yeah. need to accept yourself first and then nurture your body and care from your body from that place of acceptance and when I say nurture and care it is making nutritious decisions it's making decisions around moving your body and exercise that feel good to your body but we need to do that from a place of I am already enough as opposed to I am not enough I'm not good enough I'm not worthy enough as I am it's the the mindset of that has to change the belief behind that has to change yeah yeah and it does it starts with that awareness and it also starts by reaching out and getting some help like I can't yeah like having conversations with like getting coaches like you and everything like we shouldn't feel like shameful or, or anything or like like I get it scary and it's a big step because you've got to open up and sort of talk about yourself but where we shouldn't be expecting to know everything or to figure it out by ourselves like get some help there are people out there to help and um, I guess in saying that, like, what would you sort of say is, a, yeah, some other first steps for people who are maybe listening to this and wanting to look into their relationship and healing their relationship with food and their body? Yeah, I, I think the first step is just awareness. Just become aware of what you're doing and how much it's consuming your life. Like I said, now I have a very healthy relationship with food. Food doesn't consume my thoughts. I plan a few days ahead what I'm going to eat because I like, I value my health and I like to know what I'm going to eat in a few days ahead. I know if I'm organized and I'm planned, I'm going to make nutritious decisions. That's not, that does not consume my thoughts. This is from a very healthy place. But if you're thinking about food all the time, anxious when you're in social settings, trying to control and checking menus before you go out, just become aware of how much time it is consuming for you. And with that awareness, just be open to the idea that this is possible for you. I never, ever, ever thought I would be someone that could just eat based off what my body wants. And here I am doing it. Like, I promise you, if I can do it, anyone can do this because I was, I was consumed. I thought I was a really good dieter. I was either binging or I was really good at sticking to the rules. And there was, like I said, no in between, but if I can do this, I honestly, truly believe anyone can do it. Just become aware of what you're currently doing and be open and believe that you can do it. Yeah. And what was like a huge thing for me is what I saw with you. You would put on your Instagram stories a picture of your fridge and it had all this chocolate, all this chocolate left over in there. And it was just, you're like, this has been sitting in there for months because I can have it sitting here and not have to like, not have it being like out of control or anything and like if I have a little bit I've just got to eat it all like I think that that too have that awareness that I like if you're saying things like I can't have this in the house there are there's there's not a good relationship there like it's not a balance because yeah I'm out of control with it like I was like that with Nutella which is something that we've been working through a lot um and things like you can get to a place where you have it in the house like it's not to avoid it not to like never have it again or not feel safe around it you can have it there and when you want it enjoy it like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I think it's a normal joke unfortunately in society it's like oh I just can't keep chocolate in the house yeah like what if you can what if you yeah. can keep chocolate in the house 
you have a bit when you want it you forget it's there for a week and then you have some more like that's honestly what my relationship with chocolate is like I can have chocolate in the fridge for months and not eat it because I don't want it and then sometimes I'll have a few pieces a week and it's great it's amazing there's no guilt around it and that is because my thoughts around chocolate has changed I don't believe chocolate is bad yes it is less nutritious but I'm not a bad person for eating chocolate and when we actually allow ourselves to have the chocolate we don't want it near as much as when you tell yourself you can't have it. You want what you can't have. It is it is so incredibly powerful. Yeah, yeah. And I've found that so much since doing this course with you. That like I find that I'm like getting in that, like I can't have that, I can't have that. And then I'm like, stop. It's like, no, I can. And like because I'll be like maybe full or full or something and craving something and I'm like, no, I can eat that. And we're just like it literally is like magic or something. It's like, oh, do I want it? No, no, I might eat it later though. Or something. And you just sit it there. It just it changes like it's so incredibly powerful, isn't it? Yeah. It's the same um like when you live with a housemate or family members cook dessert and if you're like, I won't have any, I won't have any, I won't have any. No, I'm not gonna have any. Tomorrow you binge and eat like the whole pantry. For me now, if I'm in a situation and someone's cooked dessert, I check in with my body and it's like, hmm. I feel quite full now. That's probably going to make me uncomfortable. Um, nah, you know what? I'm not going to have any tonight. But I know it's there if I want it. I can save some for tomorrow as opposed to that's going to affect my weight. That's going to make me gain weight or I'm not going to lose weight. I'm going to binge tomorrow, not knowing the binge is coming, but I'm going to be really good and avoid that dessert so I lose weight. And it always catches up with you because you're telling your body there's a food deprivation coming. So it's just what's the story you're telling yourself behind food? What's the intention behind it? You are already enough regardless of your body. Now, what's the decision you want to make around food? Yeah, yeah, I love that. And, yeah, I hope that these these little conversations are sort of just raising some awareness for people to just start, yeah, sort of thinking, okay, how what's the language that I am having in my head and how am I sort of viewing food and everything? And you can, yeah, you can get to this place that's like, you can have you can have that dessert and then have a bit and then leave it on your plate and not finish it or like things like there is it 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 literally for like I can't believe it like literally five months ago like I was never I could never I literally would say that to myself I could not leave food on my plate and now I'm like oh yeah I get full I get sick of it <laughs> put it aside I'm like what isn't is it crazy it? that like we can spend so long thinking where the problem I'm so proud of you because I just still remember our very first call I think it was about a croissant. Yeah. I'm like, what would happen if you told yourself you could have a croissant? <laughs> and I think you, now you're like, I don't want the croissant. I had it. It wasn't that good. Or like, I, I, I know I can have it, so I don't want it. Crazy. I literally, it was every morning I would take Kevin for a walk. I'd walk past this croissant place. And when I discovered almond croissants, I'm like, these are the best things. And every morning, every morning, no joke, I'd wake up thinking you're going for a walk with Kevin. And I'm like, oh, I want an almond croissant. I can't have an almond croissant, all that sort of stuff. Now that I've done this work with you and I'm like, I'm allowed the almond croissant. I honestly haven't thought about that <laughs> now that you've mentioned it. You've forgotten I, about the almond croissant. <laughs> now that you walked past it this morning, that that and it didn't even I didn't even notice that that's what I was walking past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When yeah. we give ourselves permission to have these foods, mental permission, it's all about the mental permission. The novelty of them wears off. Like yeah. the thought of a croissant, the thought of chocolate right now doesn't excite me at all. It's just food. It's just there if I want it. Sometimes I'll have a craving and I'll have a bit of chocolate. Rarely do I have large, intense cravings ever anymore. Um, maybe only when I'm hungover and I want some greasy food, which I allow myself to have. Mm. It's just like we've got to understand the power of our thoughts and the psychology behind what we're doing with food because it's not about the food. It's not no. actually about the food. It's your yeah. thoughts about the food. Yeah, and we're not broken for doing that. Like there we're are so broken. many people that, yeah, have these um, problems with food and everything and it doesn't have to be that way. No, and, uh, I think when I... When I started this, I didn't tell so my the Instagram page I have, I made that so secret that I just followed, I think I searched the binge eating hashtag to find other people that had similar struggles. But I made sure no one in my personal life ever, not even my partner at the time, would find this Instagram account. And I was there was so much shame around it. And now I'll have this conversation that I used to binge with anyone. Anyone that wants to talk about it, I'll talk to you about binge eating and yeah. share my experience because I realized. I wasn't the problem. It was not me. And you take so much power back when we understand why we are doing what we are doing and that it's not yeah. your fault. Yeah. And just literally having conversations like this and hearing it, like making it normal to talk about it and that like, yeah, we're literally not alone in this. I just think 
Yeah, it's great. And I love seeing the work you're doing. Um, I love having you. You've been honestly an incredible <laughs> client. I know you did a lot of body image work yourself before coming through the program. Um, yeah. So for you, it was really about taking the good and bad away from food. Really, that's what we worked on with you the most, didn't we? Yeah, because I I even told myself last year, I'm like, I'm not dieting anymore. Um, and I stopped dieting, but then I didn't realise how many food rules I was still keeping in my head. Like I was, if I'd had takeaway the night before, I'd wake up in the morning and be like, well, I can't have two pieces of toast or I can't have um, peanut butter or things like that. And I didn't even realise how much I was, I was still dieting. Like I was doing it without telling myself that I'm losing weight and and yeah it's just um it's very subconscious like you know it's deep it's hardwiring it's neuroplasticity it's deeply ingrained hmm. thoughts in the form of or habits in the form of thoughts into our brain that we don't realize how often they are there until you start becoming aware of it Hmm. so I think just back to your question before about like what's the first thing to do it's just even start writing a list down of the rules that you have every day you don't have to do anything with it to start just become aware of the rules you have as simple as I can't have bread twice in a day and then slowly work your way through that list of breaking the rules, releasing the rules and showing yourself nothing bad happens. The world does not end if you eat two pieces of bread in a day. I promise you. As I always say, bread is carbs. Carbs is energy. Our bodies need energy. Yeah. No wonder I was so freaking tired dieting because I wasn't giving my body enough energy. It yeah. just makes so much sense. Yeah. Uh, and now I've literally like had four pieces of toast or like bread throughout the day and no issues. That's great. Nothing. <laughs> The world doesn't end. I love no. I, I love eggs on toast. I love eggs on toast at brekkie and sometimes I'll have a roll or a sandwich for lunch. I'm like, it's okay. Nothing happens. Yeah. Nothing happens yeah. because my body trusts me. I trust my body. It's just food. It's just energy. There's nutrients in bread and we move on. Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing. Previously, like breaking a food rule, I would have binged. I would have eaten the house down. Like now I fucked it. You may as well just keep eating everything. Start again tomorrow. Like it's just a vicious cycle. And once you break out of it, it can be so simple and empowering. Yeah. Yeah. And you can get out of it. And so like with that, um, how do people like work with you and sort of like who would you recommend your coaching for? Yeah. Yep. So the Food Empowerment Exhilarator is my program. Um, the second round will be launching soon. So there is a link in my bio on Instagram to join the wait list. It is group coaching and we work through stuff together each week. Um, I am a big advocate for power of community and group coaching because it normalizes things we're doing with food. It is so empowering to go, oh, other people are doing this or fuck, I had that question as well or I didn't think anyone else thought this. It is so freeing when you realize other people are doing what you're doing. So I'm a big, big advocate for group coaching. Um, And if you are so freaking tired of dieting but have no idea how to listen to your body, the program is for you. You don't have to be really excited and ready and you just want to jump in and learn. That is a great mindset. If you are shit scared, it's still okay. You don't have to come in feeling confident and excited. It's okay to feel scared and overwhelmed and fearful of what this is going to look like because most of the time when people try and eat without dieting, there is still all those rules there and they are still going to be eating out of control and overeating. So they go, see, I can't do it. Like I tried to do it and I can't do it. Having support, from a coach that can point out where you're going wrong or what else you could try is easy for them to see it because you can't see it when you're in it yourself. So I guess it's for people, if you are ready to have a healthy relationship with food, you are ready to eat in ways that feel good to your body, to make nutritious decisions and to enjoy moving your body in ways that feel good, then this is for you. Like, let's go, let's let go of the all or nothing mentality. Let's forget studying it every Monday. Let's just make this a way of life. Like, let's just make this so sustainable that you never have to start a diet again. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's scary. And it's a lot like some people get like in their head about the investment, it's money and everything. But I was saying to you, I'm like, I am saving so much money on even like Uber Eats <laughs> stuff by now. I love that you that out. Yeah, like just ordering what I want. Because when I in the past, I would be like fearful that I didn't have enough. I would order like two different mains and then desserts and entree for me. And now it's just like, what do I want? And I'm like, oh, just one main. Like, yeah, it's it will add up. Like it'll save. Like for me, definitely, it's saving. Like making the money back easily. So it's scary that investment sometimes, and just putting 
time into ourselves, but we we are allowed to, and it's the best thing you do for yourself. Like just put yourself first. You're allowed to get yourself out of this and maybe feeling stuck or anything and get that freedom and empowerment that we're we're feeling. Yeah. 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 I think um I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't hire a coach at the time I did. Like you said, spending money on Uber Eats, I would spend money on coaches telling me how to macro count. I remember the very last diet I tried, I paid for, and it was, we'll stop you binge eating with macro counting. But I was still binge eating. Like I was still investing into these diets thinking that was my answer. I spent so much money on trying different diets and I just kept me exactly where I was, which caused more shame. Like, again, it's like, fuck, this must be me. If this diet's not working as well, it must be me. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I, I actually, I know I would not be where I am today if I hadn't have invested in a coach myself. I would still be binging and dieting. Like I know that for a fact. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I would, because I thought I was on a path that I was freeing myself, but I I wasn't. <laughs> and um, so, yeah. It's just it, making, it's making the unconscious conscious, really. What yeah. are we doing with food? What can I see that you perhaps don't see? And let's get you to the place where I'm at. Like, let's want to eat nutritious food. Let's want to look after our body from a place of, I love myself. I am enough. I am already everything I need to be. And now I just have this body to care for. And it's really fucking epic. Yes. Yeah. Praise our bodies. Praise our lives. (laughs) I think people are scared. When I mention to people, it's about self-acceptance. Like you mentioned before, when we say accepting ourselves, people think that means we're letting ourselves go. Accepting ourselves is the power we need to care for ourselves, in my opinion. It's about saying, I'm enough. Now I get to look after my body with the care and respect that it deserves instead of I'm doing this because I don't fit in and I hate myself or whatever the belief is behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just get to put ourselves first. And, um, yeah, it's amazing. Um, So where can people find you, Taylor? Yes, on Instagram, Taylor D. That's the only platform I'm on. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, I love that. And just to finish off, I've got three little quick questions for you, which I've been asking every little guest that's been coming on. So uh, number one, what is something that makes you smile every day? It would have to be my dog. I have a black yes. dog called Archie. I love him. Oh, my gosh. How, like, I have so much love for my dog that I don't understand how parents can love their kids more than I love my dog. Like, is that is that possible? It obviously yeah. is. I know. I feel the same. But then we don't have children. But if this is, yeah, it's dogs are number one. So. Like, what do you mean? I could love something more than I love my dog? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it when people come on here and tell me that it's their dogs because that, that's what mine would be as well. I never got it until I got a dog. I was like, oh, these dog people are annoying. Like, stop talking about your dog. <laughs> now I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, one of us. Um, what is something that you're most proud of about your journey? Mm, um, I think I am so proud that I got myself out of the place I was in with food. Yeah. That's not easy. Not everyone is willing to do that and I could have stuck to dieting and I could have kept trying to do what I was doing but I built the resilience and thought I I think for me I just saw how much my life sucked in my early 20s in my social life the things I missed that I didn't do because of my body or because of my relationship with food and I'm so proud that for my younger self I am where I am now with my relationship with food yeah and it is it's um it's such credit because yeah it's it's huge like to put do the work to do that and look where you are now like it's and that resilience and everything it's yeah I just everyone can do this like I'm no different I'm no different to the person listening to this podcast I'm no different to you everyone can do this yeah yeah um yeah (laughs) I love it and uh lucky last what is in store for future Taylor where are the dreams taking you Mm, um, I just want to help as many women as I can. And it comes from I know what it's like to struggle. I just want you to know you do not have to keep doing what you're doing with food. Yep. The exhaustion, the mental space it's taking up, the money you're spending, the time you're spending, it does not have to be that way. And that honestly, I just want everyone to know that because I wish I had someone 10 years ago saying the same thing to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I just think it's that thing too. Like um, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear, and uh, that's what happened with me. And so that may be something that happens with someone listening. Like if you're ready for it, to take the leap and look after yourself, you can, you can get out of this, and you can have this empowerment that you and me are just like. I wish you could see our faces. I think we've just been grinning. The oh yeah, I can't stop smiling. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I'm proud of us. I just think like yeah, if we've. It's so empowering. This relationship with food that we have now is just so easy and empowering and it's like I pinch myself. When a client will share with me something like, oh, I was in as like with family and I had a piece of pizza and I didn't binge. It's like that is awesome. Like I get how awesome that is. I love celebrating my wins with clients because I get it. I've been there. I know how hard food can be in social settings and I just want everyone to feel like this because it's so amazing. Yeah, and I think people will definitely, like, feel that love and passion that you've got for it, like, come through this. And uh, go give Taylor a follow and definitely, like, just, like, you're good in your, like, um, to direct message and stuff, aren't you? If people reach out to you on Instagram, even if they just want to have a chat or if you want to have a chat to me about my story or anything, like, we're open to it. We're here for you and, yeah, so. Absolutely. The more yeah. people we can help, the better. Absolutely. Because as you said, it just keeps snowballing. And then it just, yeah. ah, the I think the most it. like the most rewarding message I've received from a client was how much her husband has seen her change. It's actually two clients this happened to now. Wow. Like the husbands have said, wow, like you have helped her in such incredible ways. And I'm like, wow, this really is a sec. This is causing secondary benefits. Like this is incredible. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, yeah. No, no, thank you so, so very much for coming on and having this chat. I'm like, I feel like we've just covered so many little avenues and I'm like, I love you. it. I feel like we could also talk for a lot longer. I feel like I could keep going for an hour, but I yeah, yeah. feel long enough. Thank yeah. you so much, Caitlin. You are such a legend and I'm so glad you came into my life as well. Meant to meet each other, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> we were. All right. I'll put all the links um, in the show notes and, yeah, reach out and we'll talk to you soon. What did you think of that episode? I just think Taylor's passion and Taylor's knowledge and everything in this topic, like you can just feel it from her, like how much love and passion, yeah, that she's got for this and how much she really does just want to help people because she's just been inspired by her own journey. Like she's done the work. She's got to the other side. She's food isn't controlling her anymore. Like she's just living a life. She's grown her confidence and it's just, it's just amazing. And I think we can think that even that growing confidence can only just come from sort of one thing, but by working on all these areas, it all just compiles and just adds to everything. And like all of a sudden you're just overflowing with confidence and you're just feeling like you're in control and you're empowered and uh, and it can be something like food like food for me literally was a thought on my brain <laughs> all the time and I still have days when yes I'm not I'm not 100% in a place um where I'm still working on it and but that's my work in progress but just to get to a place where food's not on your mind 24-7 and you're just worried about how you're going to eat around food and everything, it's just it's just great. And it literally does just all like work together with that body confidence, with um, relationship with food, and then it can just carry on into your life. So I'm so, so glad we're able to share this episode with you. If it did sort of bring up any questions for you, please, please do reach out to Taylor and I can't highly recommend her course enough and the work she's doing it was just explained to me perfectly I've looked into these things quite a bit nothing was sort of uh, making sense to me and then yeah I think because we just sort of need certain people to explain things to us and the way that Taylor explained it to me was uh, spot on and it just all clicked and made sense so reach out to Taylor. I'll put all her links in the show notes below. And yeah, even just have that awareness about your relationship with food. Or if you are having that Monday, yeah, dieting mentality and stuff, and just know that you are not alone in it. And it is not your fault. The way that we've all brought on these feelings and like, 
have learned to adapt our eating and stop listening to our bodies and all that sort of stuff. It's just conditioning and it's just unfortunately the way that what we think is normal and acceptable in society. But we just need to get back to ourselves and our bodies and, oh, and yeah, once you start connecting to that more, I think, yeah, everything just starts opening up. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you had a listen. Thank you very much for joining us. And I don't know how many sort of podcast episodes I will have coming out in the next couple of months while I'm just committing my time to um, the firefighting training. That's for the next five months. So, We'll we'll see. I won't commit to anything, but I would love to keep getting them out. I might even get some firefighters on for a chit chat. So that'll be good. So yeah, keep well, keep safe. I love you all and I'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Unmasked podcast with me. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you shared it with your friends and family, with anybody else that you think would like to hear these conversations. Tag me on Instagram. Let me know your thoughts. If you could leave a review for me on Apple Podcasts, that would mean the world as well. I hope you've been enjoying these and they've been helping you remove maybe a few of your masks to find your true identity. Thanks again. See you next week.